are back with Brandon and the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I am here and and I am doing a very different episode. First off, thank you again for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the continuation of following my adventures, my craziness, my stories on all social media platforms. I really appreciate it. I really do. This is an episode and and I'm a little I'm going to be honest with you. I'm slightly unorganized today. I don't know what makes that difference in any other day, but I'm slightly unorganized. My microphone, the microphone that I just got, I'm having issues with, so I'm severely mad about that. So I'm using one of my older microphones, which I like. It's just fine. It just is not as good. It's just not as good. So I'm frustrated with that. But I'm a little disorganized because, as you guys know, if you've been listening, I plan these shows strategically far out as well. I'm not a guy that records week to week. I've never been that guy. I'm not that guy. (laughs) I cannot stop thinking about that. Anyway, um, I usually would run two weeks ahead. And then as I've gotten with the flow and all that, I would run for the most part, there's been circumstances. I'd run three to four weeks ahead. And usually every time from around Halloween So the new year, I try to get everything done. So when I'm recording in October is November shows. What I'm recording in November is December shows, and I'm done. I usually try to have everything recorded by Thanksgiving through Christmas. That's my plan. And I do that because obviously the holidays are super busy. I'm busy with work, busy with family, busy with life, and I don't feel like recording. It's nice to have that break to know that you are going into the new year done. You've handled everything you need to handle. And I did that this year. I I did that. I actually was done fairly early. But I'm changing the episode. So I'm recording an episode that I had not planned on recording. It had popped up a couple times over the last year, an idea of it. You know, I jotted it down in notes, but this was not on the agenda for 2022. And I kind of wish I didn't have to do this. I I guess I don't have to do this, but I felt like it was important. I scrapped the episode. So this week was supposed to be my holiday special, so to speak. But I don't want to do it. So I'm scrapping it. I may do a little holiday live. We'll see. But over the past couple days... I've really been thinking a lot. And it started just a few days ago with the passing of Twitch. Well, Stephen Boss, Stephen Twitch, Twitch, the DJ from Ellen, one of the best dancers in the world, a guy I was introduced to on So You Think It Can Dance. Not saying that I was on So You Think It Can Dance, but that's when I met him as a contestant, as a judge. And then I actually met him, and I'll get into that. And I followed his career for the most part. From interviews, from his movies that he was in, to his choreography, dancing, when he married Allison, another contestant on So You Think You Can Dance. They had three kids. I didn't watch Ellen. I didn't really care about Ellen, but I was happy that he got that gig on Ellen. Because everything that I've known about Twitch through the cameras, my personal encounter with him, 
was a positive experience. If you just look at the talent of this man and what he did for dance and what he did for that show and what he did for so many young dancers out there trying to make it, it was amazing. He adapted so many styles. He took on the role as choreographer and judge and mentor and it was just amazing. Like, you know when you see people in interviews and you can tell they're just giving you the interview? Even if they're really good at it. Even if there's some of these actors are really good at putting on that face, you can tell, like, dude, they're just, they're, they're going through the motions. They don't even know who they are anymore. They're so wrapped up in the Hollywood game, they just, they're just doing it. But then you look at other ones and you're like, dude, they love it. They believe this lifestyle. They, they're genuinely just excited. That's what Twitch was. Married, three children. I followed him on TikTok. Loved watching him interact with people, his wife, him and his wife dancing together, him and the kids. Like, I love that. Now, I am not an idiot. I know that social media paints a picture that all too many times isn't real. It's a window of what people want you to see. And we never know what goes on behind closed doors. But with Twitch, I guess in my heart, I just thought that that was who he was. So when I found out that he died at 40 years old, after just watching him do a live on TikTok with his family, he just celebrated an anniversary with his wife, just watched, I was like, wait a minute, what? Because I'm 44. And he is in much better shape than I've ever been in. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I know that things happen. Accidents, car accidents. We are not promised the day. We're just not promised anything. I understand that. It's a scary thought, actually. Morality. Scares me. I've talked about that. Scares me now. I can't even go down that rabbit hole, to be honest with you, because it's just too much. But when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, what happened? Now, I thought personally it was an accident. I'm going to tell you right now that I had no, not one thought went in my mind of suicide. I did not think drugs, but then again, look at Tyler Hawkins from the Food Fighters. Look at Taylor from the Foo Fighters. We knew he struggled with drugs, but he had been sober. And then they found him dead in a hotel room. So I thought, well, that, that you never know. But I never thought suicide. I expected something just tragic. I mean, it is tragic. I'm not saying that suicide isn't tragic, but I just didn't think that. It would have never crossed my mind. And then just a mere couple hours later, we find out that he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in a hotel room. And 
if you're not familiar with this story or you don't know, I'm not going to run down all these details, but I will tell you this. His wife, Allison, went to the police. This is very simplistic, guys. This is an actual factual timestamp stuff, but this is the gist of it. If you want to look up the details, you can. It's everywhere. Went to the police and said, look, my, my husband is gone. He has left the house without his car. That is not like him. Something's wrong. Now, we have no idea the conversation that happened. We have no idea anything prior to that. Maybe the details will come out. Maybe it's none of our business. But she was concerned enough to go to the police to say there's no way that he would just leave without a car, not tell me where he's going. You know, he didn't go for a run. This is strange. A couple hours later, they found him. Again, they haven't really said how. But they found him in a hotel. That was just on December 11th that they the couple celebrated, I think, their ninth wedding anniversary. Nine years, three kids. <sighs> So they found him in a hotel alone. Gunshot room to the head. Unbelievable. I don't know. How this happened. Now, he was inside Oak Tree Inn in Encino, California. A maid found him after he missed his checkout. Now, why she went to the cops saying, hey, there's a lot. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot. We don't know. But the point is, that they found him in a hotel room, dead. I guess the thing that, that, and I, guys, I told you, this is, this is, this is a whole new thing for me because I didn't plan on doing this. So I'm trying to gather my thoughts. I apologize if I'm scattered all over the place. This man had a family. This man loved what he did. This man loved his wife. And the fact that a day earlier he left their, the home without warning, wasn't answering his phone, didn't have his car. They checked it. He checked into a motel less than a mile from his house, carrying a bag, very small bag. They checked in on the room Tuesday after he missed his checkout and discovered him dead in the bathroom from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. This is a man that we saw that looked happy, looked fine. 
Now, I don't know the history details of Twitch. I don't know if he battled the depression. He talked about things on So You Think You Can Dance. He was open about some struggles he had and feeling down, but it never felt like this was a situation where he was battle, battling depression. And I'm not making that that like, oh, well, he didn't say he was battling depression, so I don't get it. Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, who killed himself, was open about his depression. He was very open about it. Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, who killed himself, was very open about it. Robin Williams, who killed himself, was very open about it. Doesn't mean that anybody thought they were going to kill themselves, but we knew the battles that they had, at least from what they shared with the world. We will never truly know the battles that they had inside, ever. But Twitch didn't do that. And it just hit me. Now, I met him in Chicago. I was in a hotel in Chicago. And I remember in the lobby seeing Twitch. Just looking at him like, dude, that's Twitch. And I walked up to him. I shook his hand. Hey, man, how you doing? Love what you do. Love you on So You Think You Can Dance. Loved you in um, whatever. Step up. Loved you in this. Like, dude. And he was just appreciative. Gave me a hug. Said he was waiting on his, his cab. And sat down and just started talking. Hey, man, you busy? No. Cool. A couple people recognized him, but he was pretty low-key. And I talked to him probably for a good 30 minutes. Great conversation about what I was doing in Chicago, what he was doing, um, what he had planned, about the show. Just very open, very real, very like approachable, legit, thankful, blessed, not conceited, humble. I'm not an expert. I'm not a shrink. I don't know the guy, but I really lit up the room, man. Really did. That that's a true statement. Left a great impression on me. Loved him before, loved him after. And I sit here and I think about 40 years old with a wife and three kids and you killed yourself. That those anchors, those pieces of your soul, those family members, those legacy, they weren't enough to stop and help and cure or motivate you to get the help you needed so that you wouldn't do it. They weren't enough and you chose to kill yourself. And those kids are going to live with that and and Allison too, and I'm not taking anything away from her. They're going to live with that for the rest of their lives. They will never understand what note, no note, doesn't matter. They will never understand by the man that they looked to, by the man that they loved, by their protector, by their hero, couldn't be with them anymore because he killed them. He killed himself in a hotel room by himself. He couldn't go to the woman he loved and said, I need help. 
Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I know what you guys are thinking. Brandon, you're speculating. You don't know. No, you're right. I don't know. But what I do know is that those three kids have lost a piece of them and they never asked for any of it. Any of it. I can't wrap my head around it. I can't fathom it. I can't comprehend it. Because the idea of me not being here for my son makes me want to cry. Again, I know what you're saying. Brandon, you don't know. You're not depressed. You're not him. I understand that. This is my point. This is the whole point of this. Guys, I am not claiming to be an expert and I'm not claiming to be in his shoes because I'm not. I'm just telling you that nobody with a sound mind would do that, which is why we have to be better. We have to be better as human beings. We sit here every day and see people on TV and forget that, forget TV, take celebrities out of the way. And I know I probably sound like one of those celebrity hotlines now. Something tragic happened, so let's talk about it. Guys, this has been something that's been happening for so long. Suicide has been on the rise for the last three years and it's getting younger. You hear about children, children killing themselves. Whether that be from addiction, from abuse, from something they were born, some mental disorder, some depression, something that is a chemical imbalance, I don't know, but it is happening on a regular basis. Now we're not in the top 10 countries for suicide, but mark my words, we are super close, guys. And we see, think about it. Just think about you, what you do in your everyday life. Every day, what you do. And how many people you run into and talk to. Think about, think about how many times you see somebody. I'm, I, I like to think to myself that I'm really good. I'm really good at reading people. I am. I watch people. I read them. Part of it's been from who I am all my life. Part of it's been from working in the nightclubs and bars. You pick up on mannerisms and behavior. And part of it's just in my blood. And most people can't pull something on me. I'm not saying that I haven't been swayed once or twice in my life. You know, or blindsided. Because I have. But there's a handful of people (laughs) that I know now that still try to pull some crap on me. And I can smell it a mile away. I'm just that person. I know people. I can read them very well. Think about when you're talking to somebody. You can genuinely, for the most part, get a vibe, a feel. Unless you're completely oblivious to the world and you have no idea, you can tell. Are they having a bad day? Are they real? Are they full of crap? Are they lying? There's tells. Think about how many of those people that you know that show you this side, this life, this happiness, humor, the life of a party, and go home alone and depressed. Think about it. Think about your own personal contact throughout your life, whether that be high school, whether that be in college, whether that be at work, people that have sat there 
and you found out they were depressed, they had a drinking problem, they had a drug problem, and you had no idea. Twitch lived his life to the fullest and gave everybody an outlet of hope, happiness, and love. And on the inside, he was struggling with something that you and I will never comprehend and we will never know the answers to. And even if his wife knows, she may not truly know. The people he's closest to are oblivious and he feels like he has no hope and he kills himself a father of three. He wasn't in some financial trouble. This wasn't in shambles and he felt like this was the only way out and he was letting his family down. This isn't a guy that, that owed, you know, gangs money. This isn't a guy that was in prison. This, this is not the case. Conspiracy theories will come out because that's what social media does. This was not the case. In 2020, there was 46,000 recorded suicides, suicides, which was up by 350,000 from the year before. On average, the adjusted age increased by 30, 30%. So basically, you're looking at 13.5 people out of 100,000 will kill themselves. 2018 was the highest rated recorded rate for suicide in the United States for 30 years. From 2000 to 2020, more than 800,000 people died by suicide in the United States, with males representing 78.7 of suicides. Suicide was up there with drug overdoses and alcoholism. Now, they're, they're, those are connected as well. Can you believe that? I think the biggest thing that scares me is on average, there's 132 suicides per day and males will die by suicide 3.5 times more than females. 50% of those deaths are firearms involved. It is a public health issue. Because this isn't about like, this isn't just, I got really high and depressed and shot myself. Do you know that between the ages of 15 and 24 in males, in 2018, there was 4,575 suicides. 15 years old your brother, your sister. I think about when I was 15 years old. And again, I'm not comparing myself to anybody. But a 15-year-old shouldn't even have to grasp with that. We are doing nothing. All right, let me say this. We are not doing enough. 
because next week and the week after and three weeks after and come January 1, this conversation about Twitch will be old news unless some other piece of the story comes out and nobody will talk about it except for the people that loved him. It'll leave. And we will go back to waiting for Suicide Prevention Month to talk about it again. And by the way, do you know what month has the highest rate of suicide in the United States? December. Gee, I wonder why. Because meanwhile, while the world is celebrating love and whether that's Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa or just the holiday spirit, the new year and all these reasons to celebrate, there are people that are fighting a battle that is so difficult and eternal that they are holding themselves together by dollar store tape and Elmer's glue and that this sets them over to the edge. While people are going home to their families, their loved ones, there are people that have nobody. And there are people that have people but feel like they have nobody for whatever reason that may be. And we see these people on a daily basis and we don't push the issue. Ah, they're just going through some stuff, they'll be all right. And the next day you find out they killed themselves. I know that because I've seen it happen. Not just with celebrities. I've seen it happen. I told you. I won't say his name. I talked about this on another episode a while ago. Guy we used to hang out with and we partied. Battled depression. He did drugs. Not as much as we did. He always provided the drugs, but he did drugs. And he partied with us. And I'll never forget, we were all supposed to go disc golfing at Kensington Park back in South Lyon. And I don't even like disc golf. I think it's stupid. But I like to go outside. And we were going to bring cases of beer and party, you know, before we disc golf. He was going to meet us there. He left that morning. Went home. Got his dad's shotgun. And blew his brains out in his truck on Seven Mile Road. Hours, hours later, when we were supposed to meet us, police officer drove by, saw a car sitting there, pulled over and found him. There was a note. He wrote a note to a couple people. I'm not going to get into it. Killed himself. Had no idea. We hung out with him on a regular. He was quiet at times. He was. He got quiet. But then again, if you were hanging out with a group of people like I was, it was kind of hard to get a word in edgewise. But he was there. He was a fun guy, and he took care of us, and not just with the drugs. We would go out to eat. We'd go out get coffee. We'd go, you know, just hang out, play video games, chill. Like, he was just there. He blew his brains out. That night, he was extra quiet. And we just asked him what's wrong. He just said he was tired. We let it go. I was so coked out of my mind, I had no idea. I had a, I had a friend of mine named Derek. This is back in high school. 
And he grew up, he grew up in a really poor situation. I'll just say it. He had a sister who really is like a year younger, wasn't the best personal hygiene. Really wasn't. You know those people that like, do they just don't take care of themselves? And that's usually also a sign of some depression or issue for the most part. There are some people that are just lazy and gross people, but he, he wasn't that way. Now he was a rock kid. I mean, he, he would smoke pot and all that. And he was my rock and roll buddy. I loved Derek. He was a guy that traveled. He was an ambassador. He traveled. I guess he wasn't really an ambassador. He probably hung out mostly with burnouts and people that weren't cool. And I'm using that old term because that's when I grew up where you're not cool, meaning like you're not in that group. But because he rolled with us, he was accepted by every group. That's just how it was. It was very, very different back then. It's not so different now, but he had a lot to deal with. His dad was an alcoholic, lost his jobs. Derek battled with depression. Now, at the time, I didn't know what that was. I mean, I, I knew the term, but you're talking early 90s, 92, 93. I didn't know, it, it wasn't as open as it is now, even though now it's not nearly what it should be. We are still not doing enough by making it comfortable for people to, to, to acknowledge the struggles they go through. We're not. It's better, but it's not where it needs to be. He was going through stuff. He disappeared for three months. Went to his house. Nobody was there. Sister wasn't in school. Found out that Derek tried to kill himself. They put him in a home. Three months, he came back. Wasn't the same. And I'll never forget the last conversation I had with him. This was as school was ending. We were getting out of high school. Everybody was moving on with the world. Our crew was falling apart because of the times. Hey, we're going to this college, going to that college. Things have changed. I remember walking out and he drew, he, he drove this black truck, this piece of crap black truck with a Megadeth and Metallica stickers on it. I'll never forget. And I walked down. I was like, Derek, man, Derek, hey, we're going out tonight. We're going to, you know, it's one of our final celebrations. He's like, man, there's nothing to celebrate. Yeah, man, we're done. We're getting out of here. Let's go, you know? Nothing to celebrate, man. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, man, our group is dead. I appreciate everything you did for me, Brandon, but I'm out. And he hopped in his truck and left. I never saw him again. We called him. Stopped by his house. Days later, weeks later. We went on with our lives. I never, he never popped up on my social media. I tried to track him down. I did. When I did the podcast where I was talking about high school and all that, it reminded me of, and this was a while ago, guys, probably a year ago. I think it was probably two years ago, right when COVID hit and we're all bored trying to find stuff. I was just trying to reach out. I can never find him on social media. I don't know what happened to him. But this was somebody that tried to kill themselves. One of our tight friends in our group, and I had no idea. 
I don't blame myself. I was young. I was stupid. Now I'm old and stupid. But this is what happens under our nose. We have to be better as a society. We have to care better for people, for human beings, for the people we love, for the people we don't know, for our children. How many times as you as a parent, especially if you got a teenage daughter or a teenager, have sat there and been like, ah, oh, they're acting weird today. Oh, it's just a teenager. Your job is to bug the crap out of them, push them. Oh, they just want their privacy. They're just in this mopey face. You know how many parents have said that and their kids wind up dead? I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad or to raise a red flag and scare and sound an alarm. The alarm's been sounded. We are losing people. We are losing people that we shouldn't lose. Twitch should be with his family now. Something needed to happen. We have to do better as a society. We have to do better because I got to tell you, man, it breaks my heart to think about that his kids don't have a dad and I don't even know them. Because I think about my son and I don't know what he's going to be like when he gets older. I don't know the struggles he's going to go through and he will go through struggles. And I need to make sure that he's got the strength and the support and the open lines of communication, no matter what, to be around him so that if something happens, he doesn't shrink in and things start to go south. I have never been in my life at a point where I wanted to kill myself, but I will tell you right now, there has been two moments in my life. One in particular was worse than the other. Eh, yeah, maybe. Where I got, I've been sad before. I've been down of the dump, sure. But I got really depressed in a funk worse than I've ever been. I'm not going to get and tell these whole stories, but because I don't feel that way, obviously, it was a long time ago. I wasn't eating very much. I wasn't sleeping very much. When I get stressed out, depressed, I don't eat. I also don't drink. I don't believe in drinking when I'm stressed out. I associate drinking, although I don't drink that much anymore anyway. I don't, I associate drinking with a fun thing. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's a fun thing. I don't want that to be a crutch when I'm angry, stressed, or sad, because then it becomes a coping mechanism and that's when problems happen. I've never done that. I'm not the guy who's like, man, I need a drink. I will say that when I've had a long day at work where I'm like, oh, I need a drink or a shot, especially when I was working the bars. I don't do that really now, but I don't need it if I'm like mad and having serious stress and financial problems or anger where I need to drink because I don't believe that. So I don't eat, I don't drink. I don't sleep either. <laughs> Not that I sleep much now anyway. But I remember what felt like I was laying for days. I remember times when I was just going through the motions, whether that be going to work, communicating, showering. And I don't even remember. Like, I don't, I don't know how I functioned. I remember laying on the ground. There was time where I cried and I didn't have any more tears. 
there was a time when I felt like I couldn't get up off the ground. That I was, everything felt so heavy that I just couldn't move. I remember my dog one time sleeping next to me on the floor, my cat sleeping next to me on the floor. I, I, I didn't answer the phone. Ironically enough though, people knew I was going through something and nobody called, nobody. It was rough and I worked it out. Now the second time I handled it the opposite way. I'm not saying I didn't have my moments where I was down and out. I was still not eating, not, you know, stressed. I was tired. I was keeping everything inside. Now I'm not saying I didn't talk through this massive moment in my life with several people, but I was keeping everything inside. Everything. My friends. I'm throwing air quotes up because half of them were liars and hypocrites and Judas's anyway. But the other half that were my friends, they didn't even know. I kept it from them. I was busy. Meanwhile, inside, I'm dying. Mentally, I'm dying, but I'm trying to hold it together until I eventually worked through it and then talked about it. That was a scary time in my life because I was so depressed and I was so down and I knew I couldn't, I couldn't really show everybody. I knew I couldn't just let that out in the open because it wasn't going to stop. And I knew I had to hold it together for the people that were around me. But in the inside, one flick, one gust of wind was going to shatter Brandon. I pictured myself like in Terminator 2 when... Robert Patrick got the liquid nitrogen on him and then Arnold shot him and he shattered in a million pieces. Or a mirror. You just throw a rock at a mirror and it cracks. It's still together, but then one little flick and it's a thousand pieces. That's what I felt like. And I was depressed. That was true depression because there are different levels of depression. There are different levels of sorrow and sadness. But even at my worst, I never thought of killing myself, ever. And it was dark thoughts, but I never thought of that. So I can't comprehend what Twitch and Chester and Derek and my other friend who did kill himself and, you know, Kurt Cobain and all the, I, I can't understand it. I get it when you're drugs and you're addicted and things change and I can't. Beautiful wife, beautiful children, beautiful life, people that love you, a job, things that people work so hard for and they never get. And yet you went to a hotel, an inn, a, a probably not a very good one, checked in and knew that you were never going to see your children or your family again. And you took your own life and people say, Oh my God, the sorrow and tragedy that he's going through. Absolutely. I do feel sorry for Twitch because in those moments of despair, when he was alone in that hotel room, I can't imagine the pain and suffering he's going through. That being said, it is a hundred percent selfish and cowardly. And I'll say that and I mean it. You bailed on your children. 
You bailed on your wife because you couldn't handle it. Doesn't mean it was his fault that he couldn't handle it. Medication, something in there. I'm not, I'm not bashing a guy that did that. I can't imagine that, but I, I do also feel anger about that. I feel anger with Derek that, that, that he had his people by us that loved him and, and he didn't talk to us. I feel bad with my other buddy. He was hanging out with us. We were going to hang on that day. All you had to do was come out with us that way. And maybe that day would have stopped you from killing yourself. But you said, nah, you're done. But I'm also sad because how did we not see as his friends? I'm sure his wife feels the same way. I'm sure Allison feels the same way. Chester's wife and kids. And I, I get it. I do think it's cowardly though. I don't even like that word. I do think it's bullcrap, man. But I also guess what? We are not in their minds. I'm not justifying it and saying there's any justification to kill yourself because there isn't. But we don't know what was working, what wasn't working, what medication they were on, should be on, shouldn't be on, did. You know, we don't know anything. I hate it. I hate it because it, the legacy that he leaves are his children, but the legacy he leaves for himself is that the last thing is that you killed yourself in a hotel room by yourself. It's our job as human beings to just love those people, man. To just, if you feel like you need to make a call and check in on somebody because you haven't heard from them in a while, don't just assume they're busy. Make the effort. If you can't get a hold of somebody and you're like, man, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. I know they're going through. Man, stop by their house. Don't worry about texting. Texts can be avoided. Trust me, I ignore a lot of my texts. But make a stop. Go out to their house and, and, and bug them. See if they're all right. Get in their face. Wouldn't you rather have them pissed off at you and alive than ignored and dead? And we as a society, we don't do it enough. We don't. We get self-absorbed and busy and we just don't check in on our people. I can be a recluse. I can kind of back off from my friends sometimes. They'll tell you that. I'm bad at it. Lately, I've been real bad at it. Because I'm just busy and quite frankly... I also don't feel like I have the energy <laughs> to really be social with the people that I like. I know that sounds awful, but I don't. I pour all my social energy into my son, whom I love every day, and I love being with him, and I love hanging out with him. He gets the best of me. Then I pour it into my work because I have to be social. I have to. Otherwise, I'm not making money and I'm not good at my job. And it's hard. And so when I get home, my social meter, especially if my son's not there, gone. And I don't want to hang out with anybody. Even the people I like, even texting or messaging or voice messaging is exhausting sometimes. 
people don't people don't realize that because I do a podcast, well, two podcasts. I'm on a bunch of podcasts. I do a bunch of social media stuff. I write, I do this. So people are like, dang, Brandon's all over the place. They don't realize though that even some of my friends are like, what do you mean you can't just drop a message? They're not, they're not wrong, but even sometimes dropping a message feels like a lot of work. But I force myself, or at least I force myself to acknowledge, hey, I'm sorry I haven't talked to you in a while, or hey, this, that. So people know I'm not just being a douche. But we don't do that enough, and we are losing people. We don't need a month to have Suicide Awareness Month. It should be, we should be aware of it every freaking day because guess what? If you think this is the last time that we're going to hear about somebody unalive themselves, you are wrong. It's going to happen again. And we don't need a tragedy to come together. I shouldn't have to do this podcast. I shouldn't have to. I should have just talked about it without something sparking my, my not interest, with my curiosity, not even curiosity, without somebody sparking the, the, the fire underneath me to get this thing going. I should have just did it a long time ago because it was important then, like it's important now. So I can only say this. If you know somebody that has gone through something, that is going through something, that could go through something, don't hesitate. Take care of them, reach out. You got to, it's your responsibility actually. If you are going through something, if you are that person that is going through some really hard crap and you need somebody, people around you care. Sometimes we don't know what to do because we don't know how to react or we don't have advice, but sometimes we don't have to give advice. Sometimes we don't have to give like, we don't have to have the answers. We don't have to fix everything under the sun. Sometimes guess what we can do? We can just be there. We can just be there. We can just listen. That's all we can do. Sometimes we can just say, I love you. And that's all that matters. And I'm going to tell you right now, yes, there's a hotline. You can talk to somebody anonymous, but I'm going to say this right now. And I mean it from the bottom. If anybody out there that's listening is going through some crap, guys, I'm, I'm reach, I'm approachable. You can message me, DM me. If you got my number, text me, email me. I, I don't have to know you to talk to you. I'm a, I, I've got no dog in the fight. I've got no room to judge because I've been through crap and done crap. Your secret's safe with me. It will not go on the podcast. Man, I'm, I didn't, I'm talking about people I went to school with years ago, and I'm not even dropping last names or anything. But I mean that. So please don't, don't fight by yourself. Don't be embarrassed. Don't fight in silence. Don't be silent. We are here. All right, guys, I'm going to get going. I thank you for listening to the show. I really hope you got something from it. I hope you, I don't know. I just felt like it was important. It was much more important than a holiday special that I can do next time. I'll be back next week. We'll take it up to a lighter side, but this was an important episode. I needed to do it. So thanks again for listening. 
to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Don't forget to check out the Life of an Average Joe podcast.com. Big shout out to my sponsors. You guys are amazing. Lucky 13's Tattoo Aftercare. Love you. Got a new sponsor I want to talk about tomorrow. Not tomorrow, next week on the podcast. Updates on the beanies. I'll post a picture of the new beanies coming out as well as t-shirts. Shout out to Groggy Dog. And we'll talk about my new sponsor. Thanks again, guys.